ragazzi. Welcome everyone to, I think this is now officially episode two. Uh, we did record one before, but now we are given the Italian squad announcement on today, which is Monday the 15th of May. Uh, we have the 46-man Italian squad for the Rugby World Cup, the training squad that is. That will be cut down to 33 eventually before the World Cup actually starts. So this, I guess, officially kicks off World Cup, Rugby World Cup 2023 fever. And my good friends, Mike and Ottavio, both look absolutely thrilled, boys. This is it. It all starts now. Mate, excited times ahead. Um, it definitely starts to feel like we're ramping up, doesn't it? Certainly does. Certainly does. Um, so this is uh, one of our special cup pods, we're calling it, uh, for a full review on Ottavio on his uh, YouTube channel. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that, Ottavio? Because you do a a full review of the squad over on your YouTube channel. So we'll leave that bit to you and we'll just do the surprises. So just want to give everyone where they need to go to find that. Yeah, they can, ciao Marcello, ciao Michele. They can go on uh, YouTube and uh, look for uh, Rugby Coach Otto or Rugby Coach 8. They can find some some live streaming, some videos. uh, And uh, we were joining the community on YouTube together to speak a little bit about uh, who was coming, who was going home, and uh, a big, big surprise is in this list. Absolutely, yeah. Well, we will waste no time with that, and we'll get straight into it. I think the big thing, well, especially for me personally, uh, was obviously the two uh, the two uncapped boys, in particular Paolo Dogwu uh, and also Dino Lam of Harlequins. Now, Ottavio, I'll come to you first. Obviously, we've briefly talked about um, Paolo Dogu on the other podcast that we didn't didn't get time to to actually publish, and he's he's someone that we've all wanted to see in the Italian blue, and now looks like we're finally going to get to see him. Yeah, it's something really surprising um, more than everybody, I think, because uh, also President Innocenti talk speak about Odogu saying uh, no, the the door of the selection are closed for uh, for him now, and then uh, big surprise uh, he's in the in the big list. Well, I th- I'm happy I'm happy for that because he's a different kind of player. We don't have the maybe kind of wing center that has that specific uh, um, skills uh, and maybe those strengths because he's really strong has pace he know how to play as experience so maybe he can be a good good appointment for the Italy team and who knows maybe in future for Benetton or Zebra that's true that's another point absolutely Mike now he's also one of those that we talked about that can possibly play in two positions given he could probably play 13 and on the wing how I guess it's one of those like Otavio said that Originally, we thought that door had kind of been closed. So there seems to be some sort of U-turn on, on the dog route. Yeah, it's clearly sort of come off the back of other conversations he's had externally as well. Um, I'd be very surprised if this was an off-the-whim type decision. It's probably something where we've been in contact for you know, a prolonged period of time. And he's been you know fighting for a place um, at Stade Francais uh pre sort of six nations so he said it was his um his focus was to get a long-term contract so either we've seen that in the background and something's going to get announced soon that he has now that long-term contract whether it's in um in uh france or elsewhere 
um or or potentially you know he's he's sort of revised you know his objectives and he's seen somewhere where he wants to go in life so um yeah I, i'm i'm really happy with his appointment i think he's um like Octavio said, quite quite unique in terms of the fact that he brings something slightly different. We had Mori, um, and he seems similar sort of mould to him, but obviously he's he's great in the air, and there's sort of elements um, to to Mori's game which is underdeveloped and um, maybe slightly developed on him. So yeah, really happy with him. I guess he's kind of similar mould to Campagnaro, maybe in the sense that he's got that aggression and that frosty in the in the contact can go through players but it's also got a bit of footwork about him as well and seen some of those I'm sure Otavio is going to do some sort of highlight reel on his YouTube channel at some point of what a dog who can bring but I guess maybe Campanaro is the kind of the closest person that he might he come and replicate and the the two positions as well that's 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 really good to see and the other one obviously is Sam Dino Lamb as well uh, in the second row for um Arlequins, he's also a new cap. Uh, Otavio, uh, for people that don't know too much about him, that maybe haven't seen him over here in the Premiership, what's what are your thoughts on on Dina being in that squad? Given that second row we've we've discussed before is quite a packed area in this squad. He's a packed area, but he's he's another different kind of player. He can play really well. He's a good jumper good player in the line out but he can play also wide in the wide channel for Arlegan sometimes you can see him in the last 15 meters he knows how to run in uh, in spaces he's really good in the breakdown that's going to help a lot our uh, our group and another player similar to him because really mobile in the in the field is maybe Yakitsi and in a certain kind of way Ruzza too so they are that kind of uh, second row, skillful second row, really active around the, the pitch. And I, I was thinking he's never going to be picked for Italy. And that made me happy that now he decided, finally decided, because I remember stalking Tommy Allen on Twitter saying, hey, you know, if Dino Lambi is uh, uh, Italian, how how far goes uh, with his heritage? Well, now we have Dino Lambcona. With us, uh, <laughs> yep. yeah, agent Tommy Allen, good boy, Tommy. Um, maybe another one that uh, another name that not a lot of people know too much about is Paolo Bonfilio. Ottavio, I'll come to you for him because certainly someone I've not watched a lot of. So, what can you what can you tell us about him? Bonfilio is one of the uh, prop from uh, from Zebra. Is one of the oldest in the in the team for uh, for Zebra. I can say he is born in 1995, so he's uh, 28 years old. He's been picked to be the fourth choice with Zani, but Zani is a little slightly different because he can play also hooker. And uh, and everybody's waiting for Neymar to come in back from uh, the sanction uh, given by the Federation. He's going to hand the sanction in the 30th of June. So Bonfil is going to be the, the fourth uh, we can say in list or maybe the third, depending how Neymar is going to be uh, once he's back in the in the field. Uh, and Mike, also in there, Matteo Nocera, who obviously we've talked about the props in the front row as being quite an inexperienced area of the game. Looking down the, the list of those, you know, you've got one cap, and 22 caps. Uh, for Ali Fischetti, we've got a few more, but then Neymar, Nocera and Zani 
Uh, not a whole lot of caps, so that's another maybe slightly surprising one to see in the squad. Uh, Nocera gives something different to all of our props, though. He's, uh, and, and I think Octavio and I have spoken about him in the past, what he does moving forward. I don't think, ball in hand, we have any prop that could do that. He's so mobile for a, uh, for a tight head prop. Um, so I'm I'm sort of quietly happy to see him. I don't think he's going to get ahead of the other three. I think we've firmly got our, our, our starting three props for the World Cup in, you know, Riccioni, Ciacarelli and um, Ferrari. I think that he's going to struggle with that. But if one of them gets injured and he's like a wonderful replacement. So, um, yeah, really happy to see that. And the old man, Zani, he's, he's, he's quality um, just because obviously he gives up versatility for the hooker as well, if, if, if needs be. And maybe someone that there aren't many that aren't in the squad that are raising any particular eyebrows, but I guess given the, the recent speculation and social media, one player that isn't in there is a certain Sergio Parise, who uh, I think there was a, an article today, uh, Monday, that is, uh, from Planet Rugby, sort of talking to uh, Sergio ahead of his, what, what looks like to be his uh, one of his final games uh, of rugby before he hangs up his boots, supposedly, at the end of the season. Uh, he plays for Toulon against Glasgow on Friday night in the in the Challenge Cup final. Uh, so he was talking ahead of that. In that uh, he was uh, quizzed a little bit about Italian uh, call-up. And it certainly seems, Mike, that he... Uh, maybe his wife too, uh, is a little bit interested in coming back into the squad and maybe getting a, a sixth a sixth World Cup under his belt, but he's not in the squad. No, he's not. And I, I think this year has been particularly tough for him. For him. You know, he's come to the realisation it's coming to the end of the time of his playing career. And uh, another part of it is, you know, his dad, you know, not so long ago passed away and um, he's always considered himself Italian because of his dad. His dad is from a place called L'Aquila in, um, in, in Italy. He used to be known as one of the rugby strongholds. And, you know, that passion came from his dad. So it's probably a way of him feeling connected whilst playing. And the shirt means a lot to him. So, you know, that that um, interview that he had with Planet Rugby was probably fairly reserved in terms of how he was actually feeling. And the fact that, like you said, you know, his, his his wife has been on Twitter and she seems to be um, sort of liking some of the questions that are arising from, from his exclusion of, of, of this um, on the team sheet, uh, or at least this preliminary team sheet. It, it just maybe paints a slightly different picture at home. Um, yeah, listen, it just goes to show the testament, testament to the man that Kieran travelled from Italy to speak to him directly and explain his reasoning why he wasn't included. There may be something slightly different behind that as well. Maybe, you know, he wants him to be part of the team um, from a different standpoint, you know, if, if we're adding a bit of speculation to it. But um, servant of the game, a um, little bit, you know, upset by it in the fact that, you know, it's the end of an era and we're going to see him retire, but um, not surprised, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess only... A 39-year-old, almost 40-year-old Sergio Parise could be disappointed to not be in an Italian squad. Ottavio, does it does it leave maybe not a sour taste to the end of his Italian career in particular, but it certainly doesn't seem to be all that harmonious, does it? 
No, actually, never happened in the last four years. Uh, a situation uh, good for everybody, for him to play. Then uh, COVID happens. The the typhoon in Japan happened too. That was supposed to be his last game. Uh, last year, he decided to stay with Toulon during the Six Nation because Toulon was uh, losing a lot of ma- matches and they, they had to to fight back. But so he wasn't in the in the squad, but was on the banner of the federation uh, in in Italy, uh, all around Coliseum picture with uh, Sergio Barisse. It wasn't there, and now this new the the last seems to be maybe the last pick from uh, Crowley is uh, not to that, but I think because he is trying to think about the, the future of the squad, something different. Because Paris is gonna play another game. Maybe he was playing the some World Match game to, to like a farewell to the Italians. Maybe think about Treviso, the first uh, stadium where he he play uh, with the national team and with with Benetton, of course. But he is thinking forward, straight, not only to the World Cup, but after the World Cup to other kind of uh, uh, situation. This is uh, Kieran Crowley. So that is the the choice now. Yes, there's going to be a lot of speculation. Let's see what he's going to say after he's going to end his career. And we're going to we're going to know more in the in the next next weeks, next months. We're going to know much more about this meeting too, not about because Crowley speak about this meeting. We never saw or read Paris speaking about those meetings in Toulon with the, with the coach. That is another point. And I guess you could probably look at that that squad selection today and think, well, another name that's maybe a little bit of a surprise, Ricardo Favretto, who, who's only got one cap. So maybe people look at that and think, well, if he's getting in and Sergio's not, is he still that far down? Mike, do you think... Do you think that's it for Paris say in this saga, or do you think that there's 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 maybe legs? Because like we've said before, there's there's all the potential um, with injuries, obviously being inevitable, especially in the build up to a World Cup and when you have those warm up matches in the games in the summer. So, where do you think he might lie on that list of uh, what do you call it? It's the list of potentials, the the backup list. Do you think he's on that? It'd be stupid not to do, wouldn't he? Um... He's one of those players where, you know, he, he's he's going to make himself available. He's made himself very well heard. He's gone through maybe some some slightly unusual channels to make him make his availability sort of really candid. Um, and maybe that's put a little bit of pressure on Crowley as well. Maybe that was the reason for him to go and see uh, him directly because there was a lot of speculation whether he'd be involved. Um, honestly, I, I understand, you know, Yakitian... Favretto's call-ups because of their versatility and because obviously we're limited to a 33-man squad. These players are both players that both play lock and back row. And what we'll find in um, you know, the campaign is that inevitably there's going to be injuries. I look at, you know, England in, in 2019, and they went into that final with a shed loads of injuries. You know, Johnny May. In, in the semi-final got out 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 sprinted by uh Brody Retallick. Oh no, sorry, it was um anyway, he got out sprinted by a lock. So 
you look at the end of the campaign and maybe he's looking at it as, you know, we have a real chance of maybe causing an upset and progressing. So we need to make sure that we have that versatility in case someone gets injured. A red card is almost inevitable in in uh, in the game nowadays as well. So you have to be able to adapt. And if you don't, you die. So it's a viable die at this stage, particularly when it's tournament tournament rules. So I, I, I'm I not surprised by Favretto's inclusion. Um, I'm not necessarily... Um, I, I am a little bit surprised that Sergio isn't in the, the initial squad whatsoever, but um, I'm not surprised by Favretto and Yakitsi because, like I said, they just bring that little bit different. And Otavio Favretto is another one of these uh, youngsters in the squad, and I'm pretty sure it's a, a case of being 75% of this squad are under the age of kind of 28, 27. So another young guy, another guy that hasn't got a lot of Italy caps, but I guess in this sort of squad, when a lot of it is based on uh, training and the build-up to the warm-ups in particular, that having a look at these younger, more inexperienced guys is what you want. And maybe that's what that's what Crowley's thinking about with Paris in the sense that Paris probably doesn't need to be within the training squad and he doesn't need to be looked at ahead of World Cup. Everyone knows what he's capable of. So uh, it's another interesting one that, and another youngster being involved. Yeah, Barista doesn't need uh, that kind of uh, of study because maybe he's going to be the teacher or something like the the, the line-out situation in defence, in attack, mauling, uh, something that he can do really he can does it does it really well but think about also in general the our um, line out worked really well during the six nation for example we were the second team for accuracy uh, in the line out so pretty pretty good is an area that we are trying to improve of course paris can bring a lot to that but still Calling uh, Yakitsi, calling Favretto in the squad is something ahead of not only the World Cup, but also the Six Nations 2024 for Crowley, because we know Crowley is going to be in charge of Italy until the until next spring. And then we're going to decide the, another coach. Who knows, maybe it's going to stay Crowley or somebody else. But Crowley wants to play more. Uh, all the the cards he has, so he's gonna put everything now to build up and to uh, upset somebody also in the Six Nation, not only in the World Cup, trying to do the best with this uh, team uh, available. Favretto can be number eight, four, five. Yagitsi can play blindside. Uh, Dino Lambing is another one that can play in if we needed six, and we saw Ruza playing six too. Ability adaptability of the players is going to be the key of this uh, squad. Absolutely. Um, another one of the, the surprise, well, maybe not a surprise per se, but another one of those newcomers is um, uh, the scrum half, uh, Martin Pagerello, who the I believe he's French born, isn't he? Um, Pagerello, uh, the scrum half. Uh, Otavio, I know you know a little bit more about him uh, than us too, so. Uh, only three, uh, only three, uh, four scrum halves in the end with Alessandro Fusco, Capabisi, Alessandro Capabisi, Padre and Stephen Varney. Is there any surprise there for you? One of them is going to go home. Uh, I'm worried at this moment for, uh, sadly, for uh, Garbisi Jr., we can say. 
why I'm saying something like this to him because uh, Pajrelo can uh, occupy three roles. He can play fullback and wing, something that Trali said too. So it's going to be interesting to see any kind of different choices in the in the back line also with him maybe injuries maybe some cards he can fit in another spot uh fusco can play something different too so maybe he's the strongest of the four uh, scrum off that we have in uh, think about physicality maybe speed uh, still varney and the pajrelo are really good tempo organizing the the game uh, pretty all of them are pretty decent maybe somebody a little bit sometimes fusco lose the plot uh, the tempo of attacking but probably pajero is gonna fit in the squad if he's gonna play well in the world map game because we're gonna see him for the first time in the italian system but he can play three different roles I know we, we want a decent number nine first, but he, he's pretty decent as a nine and he can cover other position. Varney still is the first choice, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think that's quite clear, isn't it, with Crowley, that he wants players that can play in different positions kind of throughout the squad. That's quite that's quite obvious. And Mike, there are a few, there are a couple of others that have kind of come back in. Um, Hami Fiverr uh, and Montana Iwani, who was a massive hit, big hit a couple of years ago, and obviously has had his personal reasons why he's been in and out of the Italian squad as of late. But he's back in, uh, and those two, obviously massive additions and massive kind of you'd have thought would be pushing for for a, for a starting place come come September, absolutely. Yeah, I mean they're both they're both obviously playing back in Australia. Um, uh, well, I think they're actually both playing super, super rugby. Excuse me. Um, yeah, like Yuani, uh, we know what he can do. Um, he was smashing up all the charts uh, at the Six Nations last year. A quality player. Um, as long as he's managed to stay fit, and um, you know, can can find like uh, the vein of form which makes him great, then then fantastic. He, he's he's going to be an Elden starter. Um, Hami obviously brings. Um, that ability at the mall where I think, you know, maybe, maybe we've lacked uh, since lukizzi has been, been injured. Uh, I, I look at the sort of the game with England with particular interest, the amount of like driving walls we failed to, um, to, to, to defend and obviously to attack on as well uh, from, from platform perspective. I think he'll definitely offer that, that little bit more in terms of getting everything set up, um, maybe throwing in slightly more, accurately at those five meter um at the five yard scrums sorry at the five yard um line out so yeah i i mean they're they're, they're I, I think they're both likely to be retained in the 33 man squad to be honest and otavio obviously yuani was our starter and he's almost a bit of a leader you could tell experienced guy scored lots of tries for italy those winger positions is quite interesting isn't it really because there are probably most of them would argue that they'd want to be in that starting team for Italy. Do you, do you think Ioane comes straight back in or has he got some work to do on that front? In a certain way, we miss Ioane during this uh, last Six Nations, so probably he's going to go straight in because he knows the way we play probably the, be the best rugby 
of the of the um, Crowley's era last November when when we had uh, Capuozzo, uh, Padovani on the side and Ioane on the other one. So we had two great attackers and one uh, great organizer, the architect of the back three, what is Padovani. Of course, he, he knows how to score tries, but in general, he was covering pretty well. Uh, he, he was going up for the for the kicks on the ball. Another um, option to kick the to the goals. So... I think Johanny, yes, is going to be there. I'm worried for Jesse at the moment because uh, maybe bringing too many wings can be something not really good for us. But thinking about we have only two fullbacks at the moment in the squad, Padovani and Capuzzo. But maybe we're going to bring a sudden three, maybe four or uh, four wings. Uh, the the fight the battle of the wings is, is pretty hard at the moment because it's not the only surprise but Johanne back in the squad but there is a lot more around the the performance of player that we we almost see we, we saw play them play last year in December Simone Gessi who's now you've said that I'm going to tell you that obviously you know that he was in the URC team of the season so that would that would be pretty harsh on him missing out, wouldn't it, Mike? Out of a World Cup to have that sort of form. But I guess that's quite a nice position to be in, maybe, that we've got so many options on the wings. I think everyone can look at like this team for the first time and say, we have real depth, right? We've been in positions in the past where we have players. And when you look at the team, you think, you know, they're pretty good. But we're at a point now where we're considering leaving out genuinely very talented players. And... For the life of me, I, I can't remember when we were in a point like that. We've always been a player maybe littered with um, some, you know, sorry, with a dash of like talent here and there and then sort of some sort of average players, but we built a team around those really high-skilled players, but now we're genuinely struggling. And I think Jesse's, you know, he's he's one for the future. He's, he's, he's the Italian future. So either Crowley, you know, has a bit of a gamble on him now and puts him in in the warm-up games and sees how he fares and gives him the opportunity to experience what it's like playing against, you know, the top teams in the world. Or he saves him and, you know, he just gives him the exposure of being in a World Cup team, which is really important. And I think actually it's more likely to be the latter, like Octavio said. And that's probably why he's also brought back Federico Mori because... Mori is an athlete. He is genuine spec a genuine specimen. You know, if you watch those interviews on um, uh, last last August, uh, last autumn, where uh, I think Rugby Pass did the documentary and they're asking questions about who the strongest players are. At twenty years old, he was benching one hundred and eighty kilos and he's squatting over two hundred kilo. Like for 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 a winger, those are insane numbers. So having someone like that with that amount of power to be generated and he just needs to work on his rugby IQ. He could be a real asset. So great. Brought him in, um, took a bit of a gamble on him. And yeah, you know, these this this is what we've, we're looking for, right? We're looking at 2027. It's a project. Oh, Michele, that's words. It's music to my ears to hear that, how we finally have some strength and depth. And I think that, especially ahead of a World Cup, that is so such a massive bonus for us to have actual options all around the park. Otavio, do you think this is our strongest ever squad that we've ever seen? 
Well, uh, maybe if it's not the strong, probably is the team with more pot- that already can we can see the potential this squad can have, uh, adding uh, four years more of work, uh, four years of uh, international test. So think about maybe nine uh, nine tests per year. So we can go we can go up a lot with experience in this team plus the time and the experience they are growing also um overseas overseas we can say you know the italians all around italy we have a lot now of italians into the premiership which is really good italians in france so uh maybe if not the strong one is the one that has uh Pretty, pretty attacking style. It's really pretty. It's interesting the way we attack and we try to play without any kind of fear of the the opponent. Trying to have the possession as a key to attack on multiple level, and and then we have all these young guys because the, the team is really young. We have the backs twenty five years old. A lot of two thousand born in two thousand one, two thousand two. It's this. This is great. They can play for three. Work cup absolutely it's certainly incredibly exciting and i think today was that first time i thought oh i just cannot wait for that rugby world cup which is closing in uh ever quicker on us now and i know that more teams uh releasing their their squads in the coming weeks but i think for now uh we've talked uh, a great deal about some of those surprise entries uh for the italian squad which is currently sitting at 46 will come down to 33. Uh, that's all from us now. Um, be sure to uh, listen to this podcast and make sure you keep sharing our stuff. Uh, we'll keep pushing it on our social media channels and hopefully we can keep gaining uh, some more listeners. But uh, for now, uh, it's, uh, it's a ciao from me and uh, I'll say ciao to you boys, Mike and Otavia, and uh, we'll see you all very soon. Ciao tutti, ciao. Ciao, ciao.